nightmare. Hello and welcome to Cinema Subculture Batman Special Part 3. <laughs> uh, we are discussing Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Okay, so Batman Begins, 2005, eight years after the last travesty of a Batman film. So do you want to give us like a little plot outline, Gary? Surely you must be expecting this by now. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about it for these, right enough. So Batman Begins does what it says in the title, basically. The origin story of Batman. Um, in-depth, the most in-depth one we've seen on yeah. film, I think, yeah. yeah. So did you see this at the cinema? Yes. Aye. So what did you think of it? I think I kind of generally quite liked it at the time, but I wasn't completely... Um, I always felt that I preferred Tim Burton's 89, but it's definitely a, a vast improvement over uh, what we had just seen. But looking at it again, uh, I, I, I don't think it's a great film, really. It has some serious problems, I think. Um, so what was your initial thoughts on the film? Oh, that was good. Uh, No, I I actually really loved this film Um, I saw it at cinema It kind of blew me away Like, I mean, there's an hour A bit, I think Before we actually see Batman Mm -hmm. I mean, looking back on it now As as we watched it I can see what you're saying There's a lot There's still the one-liners in there Mm. That we had in the kind of Batman Forever Mm kind of era I don't know, just there was something it just felt like the comics to me in this. Okay. You know what I mean? It was being so faithful as well, you know what I mean? It had all the kind of, like the Commissioner Gordon Batman re- interaction, which I felt was missing from the Tim Burton films even right. as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I said this before, um, but I still kind of, there's a part of me when it first came out, I spoke to you about that I kind of would have liked to see them do like a kind of Sin City-esque okay, Batman, you know, yeah. like black and white kind of, because I mean, Sin City was brilliant like mm-hmm. as a comic book adaptation um but i really I, I thought they got it really right with this right I did um I, again it's not a perfect film there's definitely there's definitely a issue looking back with certain elements especially when you compare it to the dark knight mm-hmm. but i mean infinite amount of times better than batman forever and batman forever yeah uh, batman forever and batman and robin and i mean it's christopher nolan you know what i mean it's like Good director. Yeah. <laughs> so Nolan decides to um, ground the film in as much realism as possible. I mean, yeah, that's kind of seems to be the intention. As as real as realistic as you can make a film about a guy that dresses up as a bat. Indeed. Yeah. I think I mentioned this on the first episode, but for me, that that it's interesting to a point, but it ends up kind of being a bit redundant to mm-hmm. me because I, I think the the kind of mystery of Batman. Mm-hmm. Is something that's a, more appealing than once you know where he gets his his his, his motor, and that <laughs> it's like, oh, um, very good. That's where he got it. I mean, that's maybe a very um, it's a product of the modern comics, right? Because even even had for I don't know if he's still there now. For years they had like um, this wee guy who was a mute. Okay, he, he he'd picked up who's a. I think he was like kind of henchman guy, but anyway, he fell in with Batman, and he, Batman had him in doing in the Batcave, like, and he would repair the Batmobile for him. All right, like so, like again, kind of given kind of real world, like okay, the Batmobile needs mm-hmm. a tune up. Mm. You know what I mean? But I think in the, in the comics, it's like very much like okay, he, he states you know he wears Kevlar, you know, right. as a kind of whereas again in the kind of 
like seventies, eighties, even the early nineties, it wouldn't have really been. You just presumed he just had his it was just like a kind of lycra suit on. Yeah, you know, it just looks mm. like a kind of skin tight outfit. Mm. Um, whereas I think the modern comics seem to be very much about if there's a gadget, they'll explain how it works. Right. Yeah. You okay. know what I mean? Or like why he uses certain things. Right. Like even like Dark Knight Returns. I mean, he talks about the yellow disc in his chest right. being like the target or whatever. Okay. Um. So I think that I think that's where that comes from. I don't know if that's necessarily a known thing. I mean, it obviously it helps right. with him gr- grounding it in realism. Yeah. But to me, that I find that stuff quite interesting. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the, it's almost kind of like a James Bondy. Yeah. Kind of part. And I mean, yeah. those films are hardly grounded in realism. You know what I mean? The James mm. Bond films. That's true. Like the early ones, anyway. Like laser watches. What? Right. <laughs> <laughs> still don't have them. I'm still waiting. I mean. Um. So, I don't. I don't feel that hurts this film at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes along with Nolan's kind of. Uh, want to do something really serious with the subject and um, get rid of all the campy stuff and sort of respect the characters in the, the world of Batman. The fact of his suit and stuff, they was want, wanting to do like a, a suit that was actually practical mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's part of the story as well when he's sort of building the suit up. Yep. Um, but look, even looking at the 89 one, you know that that's going to be difficult to move around in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh-huh. Just looking at the story, no thinking about the fact it's a film, but still that looks cooler than this, I think. Uh, I don't really, mm. I don't like the suits in these films, really. No, I mean, uh, I, I'm kind of, when they changed in The Dark Knight, I wasn't, I, I'm, again, that was kind of for, for functionality and stuff like mm. that. But I mean, I prefer the kind of bat symbol, chest symbol that he mm-hmm. has in Begins Aye. compared to the original 89, the, the disc, and the shield and Batman. Um, and even the Dark Knight one, which seems to be more of the kind of stylized logo for the film. Right. I don't know. I really like this bat suit. I mean, there's a few times where we watched this film, you actually laughed at like, <laughs> because, um, like, I mean, I think we both agreed it was partially due to maybe what he was saying, the Batman delivery, but it was almost too lit, well lit. Yeah. You know, the yeah. costume looked a bit kind of ridiculous mm. in your, in your kind of. Yeah. They sort of, it's too real in a way, too clean. Mm. Everything's too precise. It lacks a kind of grit. I mean, well, that's the part of the f- thing of the film is it's not really a Batman film until we get to mm-hmm. the halfway yes, through. Uh-huh. Once it gets there, you've got the sort of cop stuff, um, sort of a rainy, rainy city streets. That sure. feels a bit more like a, what a Batman film might yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sort of the first bit. I mean, the cinematography is beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's no kind of what you think a Batman film. I guess you know, not. I, think, but. I mean, it definitely feels to me like having like red comics. It feels like they can they sometimes do flashbacks to his training. Yeah, and it felt like that. It did I, feel, and I mean, yeah, it could it could have went a different way. I guess, mm-hmm. like with the story, if it wasn't a Batman film, you know, and it yeah. would still have worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just feel the bat suit in in Batman Begins feels like it's. It feels like it's it's functional, but it feels like it's part of him. You know, okay. it, when he's in it, it looks like it's I don't know. It just feels like an extension to him. Right. I don't know. It's it's just the shape, the outline that it gives him, and and even he wears the same sort of costume at the beginning of the, uh, the Dark Knight. It just feels like that's there's no end to where it, you know it just seems to mm. be like that's that's Batman. Mm. Uh, as I mean, when he gets the the, the next costume in Dark Knight, it's, it feels a bit more like a. Like a costume, I guess, like a, okay. a suit of armor. Right. Whereas in the Batman Begins one looks just looks like that's it almost looks like the human bat to me. Right. Like, you know how they talk about in, in eighty nine Batman, it's like a six foot bat. Mm. It kind of looks like that when you, mm. you glance at it. It just looks like a guy 
a, a giant bat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels very... And the way he moves in it and stuff like that, and the way he crouches up onto, like, like railings and stuff like mm. that, feels very animalistic. Okay. Um, I, I don't think it looks scary, though. Like, I, I, I get you. I get, yes, the 8 uh, yeah. um, See, I don't, I don't think the 8 and one looks scary. Is that? When, when he comes down at the beginning of 8 and Batman, uh-huh. that, that's creepy, mm. right? And But once you actually get a, a glimpse of him, I don't, I don't think it's looks ridiculous by any means mm. at all I don't feel it looks scary but it's imposing right it's imposing yeah. but to me the, the, the part of like the Batman Christian Bale's Batman it's it's the whole it's not just the suit it's the characteristic the way he acts yeah that's the kind of it's not frightening necessarily but as I said to you when you were la- you know, laughing when, when he grabs flasks and he you know he drags him up upside down up to the top yeah. of the building well, and he's like the voice swear to me kind of thing yeah. right and I, I get, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. For me, that that still works. I don't know, like someone like grabs you from the street, like hangs yeah. you upside down, and he's dressed in a, a costume. He's like mad. He's like, like look at the, like the, the guys at the beginning of the Dark Knight that are in the hockey pads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're a wee bit unhinged, I'd say. You know what I mean? Now we we kind of take Batman for granted. Okay, he's a good guy, mm-hmm. man. Like if that was happening to you, that's a that's a crazy guy. Yeah. What's he? Do? Why is he? What's he? What's he even got? What's he doing? He's got a mask on. He's got like a bat costume on. <laughs> Like if if he's like that, then I mean you, you're automatically like, I don't know what the fuck he's gonna do. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think that's where it comes from. That's where the the fear factor that he always you know, they always spoke about in the comics about you know him imposing terror on. To me, it's like in these, it's almost like because he's willing to dress up as a bat, mm-hmm. and he has all the strength and stuff like that as well. It's kind of like that's the scary. It's like this guy is a wee bit fucking mental. Yeah, I, like you know what I mean? Like who knows what he's gonna do. And that's where the fear comes from. Okay. You know yeah, what I mean? No doubt. But I just feel it's just a bit more cartoonish for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, the, the way the, the, the kill fits around his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like, is this, you know how, definitely a Dark Knight, the, the cape is sort of like velvety. No, it's, it's a, a different tone uh-huh. of black. Mm-hmm. It doesn't quite look as menacing. Mm. Um, See, I think like had, had the costume, had the cape been... Much like in the previous mm. ones, same material more or less as the as the costume, as the suit. Sorry, yeah. I mean suit. I think the look would have been off. It would have looked. I, I feel that would have looked more like. Um, see the costumes they wore at the end of Batman Forever. You know the kind of big. Right. I don't know. I just I feel that would have looked off mm. for this. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying like I love the. I mean, it is weird having the cloth thing, but again, it plays into the reali- realism it, of, yeah. the, of the of the yeah functionality. But I think that I don't know. I just always thought I was. I kind of hated it a bit when they changed it in the Dark Knight. Right. Um. I mean, I've got used to it, and they've changed it a wee tiny wee bits for the Dark Knight Rises, which it look it does look pretty good. But as I say, to me, like that, it looks the most like Batman in that suit. Mm-hmm. Um. And as I say, like, I think we, we we we. I mean, I think like lighting in Batman Begins is a wee bit brighter on the suit, whereas in the Dark Knight, it's it's a little darker and it's just it. it takes that wee bit of definition the smoothness out of it you know what I mean the reflective nature of it almost out of it Mm -hmm. we're talking about the 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 delivery of Mm. the Batman lines you feel that's Um, how do you feel about the Christian Bale's Batman yeah I don't really like him that much no Um, I mean it's definitely a second best version Mm -hmm. well I mean Adam Adam West is his own thing it's like it's not even it's not even um, (laughs) Batman, it's Adam West's Batman. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? That's like, it's his thing. Uh, it's definitely better than Kilman and Coney, <laughs> but um, for me, it's just too much. 
uh, I, I can't really take the boys seriously. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it, to me, it was more jarring than Dark Knight. I don't know because I think they processed the voice more. Right. I don't know. I I I like how he still doesn't say much necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know how we're talking about how Batman. We're talking about Keaton was saying about Batman shouldn't say anything. Yeah. But I feel his performance is more more of an intimidating Batman. Like okay, who could actually? I mean, you know. Keaton was like a quiet Batman uh-huh. and you never knew what he was thinking. Right. Whereas Bale's Batman is more of a kind of like, like much like the Tumblr, a tank, like, mm. you know, get out of his road because he's going like, to fuck you up. Yeah. And again, that's to me is the modern Batman. Again, that's like, you know, it seems that feels like okay. right for me. Right. Uh, again, maybe we're just coming at it from different like, eras of, you know, Batman. Right. Mm. I mean, you said you, you we were talking, you never really read the comics much. No. I mean, I mean, I had a few like graphic novels, mm-hmm. and there was um, the volumes of the the greatest Batman stories I've ever told. Sure, ever get them? Um, I, I've read some. Right, I uh, so I kind of read them, but I was never an avid comic reader following a storyline. Um, so I guess so, I mean so then perhaps as I think I've said this to you before, but like your your Batman was Michael Keaton, you know. Um, you know what I mean? He he was like kind of your biggest influence yeah. that you would compare anything else to of Batman. I guess. Well, I mean, I'd probably saw the film before I'd ever really read comics mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, uh, that I mean, probably I... came after. So and that I mean, was like your first. That was probably I'd probably seen the sixties show before that, but you'd probably right. see him. Mm. Yeah, but maybe. maybe. I mean, I, I did see the the eighty nine Batman fairly early on, but I don't know. I guess I read more comics and more kind of graphic novels, right. maybe, and even right up to today, you know. So maybe we just get different frames of reference of what we compare Batman, what we think mm-hmm. of Batman, which mm-hmm. is fine. I mean, there's plenty out there for everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, which it's kind of weird that we both agree with the the animated series. Mm-hmm. You know, like that kind of interpretation. Yeah, because I think that gets a fine balance of just right. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in between everything, um, and takes a lot of influences from all different eras. But um, for me, this was this was like oh yes. This is like this is the Batman that you want. Like even even compared to as much as I enjoy Batman eighty nine, this just feels like my Batman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This okay. feels like as I say, it's got all the kind of it's got your Alfred. It's got, it's got the Commissioner Gordon character who's actually a good Commissioner Gordon character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's actually fleshed out unlike yeah. in in the original um, eighty nine Batman, and it just feels like everyone gets their place. Where much like with the comics nowadays, like you know, in line with that, right? Um, so I think that's where I come from with it. Okay, well, I think the main problems I have with the film, I think, kind of structurally, it's just a bit too busy. Right. There's not enough space. I think it's too many characters. Um, well, I mean, I definitely feel the kind of character Rachel Dawes is kind of. Mm. Is, doesn't need to be there. She's not even a love interest. Yeah. It, she seems to be solely there to be like a, I guess, a kind of damsel in distress in the middle, like mm-hmm. middle to near the end. And I mean, like, even before they, like, she kisses him at the end and like, says she'll wait for him, but like, before that, there's no implied, well, I, I don't feel there's much implied romanticism between them. Right. They're just like old friends. Yeah. yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, Nolan. It's trying to do something quite ambitious, but it doesn't quite pull it off here. I feel um, Dark Knight, yeah, 
it's much better. Um, but I would have preferred to so simplify it down a bit, use the Scarecrow as a more central villain, because mm-hmm. that, that was one thing I, I felt with the first, when I first saw it that I was excited mm-hmm. that it's kind of out of left field, like it wasn't going to be a Joker yeah, straight away. Or, yeah. Um, I mean, that, and that's one thing I, I did like about this. Like, they didn't go straight into, headlong into the, the, you know, the the big rogue gallery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had the scarecrow there, but he's a kind of, I guess, a more realistic kind of less of a threat mm-hmm. to Batman, you yeah. know, personally, um, villain. Yeah. But I thought he was sort of fat, uh, criminally underused, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I didn't really care for the Ra's al Ghul League of Shadows thing. Sure. Uh, I thought their whole plot was just way too intricate to the point of irrelevance in a way. Uh, the whole microwave emitter. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, that's a that's a like when when the guy comes in and tells Rudger Hoyer's character about that. That felt watching it back right. now when we watched it the other night. It was like, oh, this feels like a kind of shit. We need a story point, right? You know, we need a MacGuffin almost. You know what I mean? It, it did feel a bit kind of like tacked on. Mm. And I mean, even the, even the guys like spouting like all this kind of. So I don't look for exposition, just like for right. no reason at all. Yeah. When all I had to come in and say was "flows to us fucking thing," <laughs> you know, it was just kind of random. But um, yeah, and I, I didn't care for their their whole thing. Um, sort of the conspiracy side of the League of Shadows, where mm-hmm. there's a secret group who destroy civilizations whenever they sure feel uh, take take the when they uh, I get like you. It, um, I'm kind of thinking like. I don't know how you're going to feel about Dark Knight Rises because okay. I feel that they take that there's a part of that in there. All right, okay. I, just looking at the trailers and stuff like right. that, like, and I know that there's mention of Razzle Ghoul and there's possibly Talia's in it as well. Right, um, and there's been connections with Bane and the League of Shadows in the past in the comics. Okay, um, and I don't know if that's where they're going with this. Right, um, certainly the trailers seem to suggest the taking down of Gotham. Right. And Nolan himself has said about like, the kind of cyclic, you know, bringing it back to the Batman Begins in a certain okay. way. Okay. So, well, we might not want to go and see that. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> but then, as I mean, as we we spoke, I mean, we do feel that he took a big jump with his film, with his Batman films, when he went to Dark Knight. So maybe it's something that he's improved on the concept somehow. Mm. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying though, but about the characters. I mean, looking back at it. To me, this film, like they talk about the escalation at the end of the film, you mm-hmm. know, um, and thus leading into the Joker for that night. But it feels like, well, you've already got somebody in a mask before Batman even gets there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. And like, yeah, you've got the Razzle Girl character, the kind of larger than life secret organization. Uh, so it doesn't feel like that's escalation then. You're already pretty escalated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it feels like, I mean, Batman seems to be a reactionary measure to yeah, that. Uh, um, I mean, you could argue that Doctor Crane is just a kind of a nut, mm. and he's, he's not going out wearing his mask doing crime. He's just fucking up people in the asylum, whatever. But um, it, it feels like to me like almost they could have been better served just doing a Batman versus the mob story. Yeah, much mm-hmm. like uh, I mean, I mentioned to you the Long Halloween. Right, aye. it's very much that story. Um, Catwoman's in it a wee bit, which I think they're taking a bit of a head with the. Dark Knight Rises, but um, she's not like a main, she's not a villain at this point. She's okay. much more of a kind of ally. I think that'd have been a more 
concise film. I think so, yeah. You because know, especially mm. the way it starts with young Bruce Wayne or younger Bruce Wayne getting in and kind of confronting Falcone. Mm-hmm. And then it takes him out within the first 15 minutes of being Batman yeah. in the film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, in a way, they almost did a better job of the kind of Batman versus the mob in Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that was still there. But I think if it had just been if it had just been Batman versus the mob in this film, then the escalation thing would have been far better Yeah, coming out of Batman Begins. Yeah. I mean, still buy it, and I mean, as I say, like, this is the first time I've thought about that. But and I, and I still bought it as escalation. But if you mm-hmm. think about it, uh, the, you already had one of your kind of major rogues gallery yeah. villains there, full mask and everything. Maybe not the yeah. full costume, but somebody trying to destroy the city. Yeah, the, um, uh, and uh, and being like this high theatrics. Uh, you know what I mean? But as I say, I'd, I'd still I still enjoy this film, and I mean, up until we watched these two films back to back the other night, I was kind of leaning towards this being my favourite right, Batman okay. film mm-hmm. and I still feel it gets the kind of Batman tone like right mm-hmm. if you know what I mean there's definitely story elements that could do with changing about and maybe a bit busy but I think it's I mean it's definitely like I'd say about 80% there yeah I mean I think Nolan himself was still wasn't he at his peak yet I mean what was this he's uh, like how many films he made before this he made um, following Memento uh, Had he made Insomnia? Insomnia, aye. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was his fourth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's pretty ambitious, like, mm. you know, to go into like, a superhero movie. So, I feel like it definitely. I mean, you can see it straight away when you watch, as I say, watch Batman Begins and Dark Knight back to back. The evolution there of a filmmaker yeah. um, working in this kind of someone else's world I guess mm-hmm. like completely someone else's world mm. um, yet his own in a weird way as well that he's kind of come up with but it's pretty ambitious to go into that I think it's your fourth film mm-hmm. and really only your third studio film yeah I mean technically I would say no one's a director who tends to favour narrative that's kind of his thing he's no a, a director whose who's main focus is like, creating an artistic image mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that watching this film, I didn't feel there was anything particularly interesting visually mm-hmm. in the film. Yeah. I mean, even as he's progressed, he's good at like set pieces now. Mm-hmm. Um, thing like the the corridor going round and yes. reception and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But he's, he's not really a director, still not a director who will do a really sort of stylized uh, composition. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I, t- I totally get what you're saying. Um, I don't know, I just I thought it was just a kick-ass Batman film. Yeah. Um, and I mean, which is weird to say with it having an hour worth of its runtime without Batman in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, what we get in that like second hour, I mean, we get like the creation of the kind of identity of Batman. We get him coming in like with a tumbler, you know, like the Batmobile tumbler, mm-hmm. uh, a big chase scene kind of stuff. We get him battling the cops a la... Uh, year one I mean I think that's quite iconic The <clears throat> him coming down the stairwell in the centre with the bats right aye it's quite a that's a very feels right out of the comics you know what I mean mm-hmm. Um, and we get the kind of almost like a coda with him and uh, Gordon on the rooftop and he's got the the bat signal for the first time yeah and turns over the Joker card mm-hmm. don't know it's, well, I just feel it's it's so worthwhile just for the for the like 80% of the elements it gets right it's just mm-hmm. 
it's definitely my favourite. Yeah. It was always my favourite Batman film. Mm-hmm. Like um when it came out, I was like, This is it, this is yeah. they've totally hit it. Aye. Um as I say, I don't know I would love still love to see the Sin City version of a Batman story, but I don't know if I don't know if that would necessarily be better than this, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean the good things I feel about the film Michael Caine yes, and Alfred Bruce Wayne relationship is, mm-hmm. is done pretty well. Yeah, um, he definitely feels like the, the father figure he should be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Gordon as well. Um, but it's just... If, it's, if they had more space, like we were talking about how I, I would say that Batman 89 is a bit more about... I mean, the acting in this is fine, it's great. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and the performances were given a bit more just room to... To, yeah, to breathe like just you. to go off mm-hmm. um, it was a bit more centred around just the individual characters rather than a, like a imposing say narrative so I think again if this was a bit more simpler to the point they could have just given those great actors like, a bit more to do um, I mean we spoke about like um, going from Batman to Batman Returns um, you know, and how that after that we never really had just a single villain. Yeah. And we still haven't mm. really, you know what I mean? Aye. Um even in this, I mean we've got three villain we've got three villains mm. effectively from the comics. We've got your Carmine Falcone who right. was a big villain, um albeit like just a mob boss, not like one of your super villains, but then you've get you've got Searcrow and you've got Razal Ghul as well. I mean, it does feel like do we need all that? Yeah. I don't I don't I mean we could have had Jonathan Crane in it and mm-hmm. it would have been a nice wee nudge without him being the Scarecrow. Aye. Uh, so I get. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, and I mean, most of those characters, all of those characters really come into it like in the second hour. Mm. You know what I mean? It's quite mm-hmm. crammed. Aye. And I mean, actually, when you think of that way, it's not. They're not that deserved if they're only given an hour to, to, and they're all there, mm. and we get like, a fair bit of them all. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, I think his original vision was really when it at first announced this, it was going to be all just the Bruce Wayne journey. Okay. And you were going right. to see Batman for the last like ten minutes, and right. it was just going to be him coming Batman. All right. Which I mean, I I wasn't th- thrilled about, and I'm glad they didn't do that. But mm-hmm. I think maybe he, he did need. I think he needed to give himself more room, maybe right, another yeah. film to kind of do what he wanted to do. Yeah. But all in all, as I say, I think it comes together pretty well. And this would, I mean, we spoke about not watching Batman Forever and Batman Robin, but this is definitely one I'll watch over and over right. like, again, mm-hmm. quite happily. Um, Katie Holmes. Uh, We've already said Tacton, yeah. but she was all right. Her performance uh, was all right for what the character yeah. was. Um, I get that like, I just felt another character they didn't have room to, yeah. to mm-hmm. give any, to give any um, depth to. Yeah. Yes. I mean, she gets more depth in the in the Dark Knight. Um, mm. I mean, I guess again, it's a character who's introduced in the second half of the film, mm-hmm. really. Um, and Batman begins. So I, I can of see how they were kind of constructed that way, but they kind of did that until to, to themselves. Mm. Yeah, that's it. A much better effort. Yep. Um, Step in the right direction. Definitely. And it would lead ultimately to, in my opinion probably the best comic book adaptation well b- film based on a comic book that we've had mm-hmm. um sorry you avengers fans out there i did enjoy that film <laughs> but people be screaming <laughs> but um yeah that's good but 
this is it's fucking Batman. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, shall we move on to The Dark Knight? Let's. Let's. So we have 2008's The Dark Knight. Oh, it's on you go, Gary. Give us a wee rundown of the plot. <laughs> okay, so Dark Knight continues the story. A new, a new villain's in town, joining forces with the mob, but um, a bit cracked. Ooh, aye. Uh, wants to take Batman down at first, but then realises, eh, right? guy's quite fun. That's it. <laughs> um, can it I guess he kind of wants to, like... Corrupt the city and basically make it implode into itself. Mm. Um, kind of bring down all that's kind of good mm. anarchy. I mean, that yeah. seems to be his purpose. Mm-hmm. I guess that's that's more or less it. I mean, mm. if you haven't seen the film, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, you know what goes down. So, yeah, we're introduced to the kind of reintroduced to the world of. Batman Begins continued into this. Mm-hmm. First of all, I was pretty happy when it was announced it was going to be called The Dark Knight. Okay. That's always something that I've... Like when they did the Sam Raimi films, the um, Super, Spider-Man films, sorry, mm-hmm. like, they spoke about briefly, you know, I know the new one, Amazing Spider-Man's out, they spoke about briefly calling the sequel, like, Spectacular Spider-Man. All right. And the, the I don't know, that's always appealed to me, especially in superhero films, like, not calling it, like, Batman 2. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know they haven't mm-hmm. done that, mm. right? But, like, I like the fact that they were, like, right, so that was Batman Begins and this is The Dark Knight. Okay, yeah. Um, so I quite like that, first of all. Second of all, I must... I've just remembered a point I was going to make before. Right. We were at a party not long after um, Batman Begins came out. Um, I think it was at, at Scott's. Right, okay, yeah. Um, and we were talking... Well, Maybe it was a wee bit after, but it was maybe after they announced that they were going to be making the sequel. Can't remember. Anyway, and look, we're talking about a se- what would happen if there was a sequel to Dark Knight, you know, with the, with the Joker card at the end. And Batman you, Begins. Sorry, yeah, Batman yeah. Begins. And you, you kind of mentioned to me, like, well, surely that's it, just going on to the Michael Keaton films now. That's it was what a prequel. I, I thought yeah, at first. No, that, yeah. that, that brings me, remember I said a bit like that this was the first kind of big reboot that right. ever, you know, that ever, that, that kind of made that common knowledge right. you know to me I, I already knew that it was a reboot because I'd read right. that but like, it, it felt weird but there's a lot of people that felt they thought the same as you right. that it was a prequel okay. and not like a reboot yeah because um, yeah, I didn't read anything about the film yeah, yeah. before uh, going to um, see it um, and that the name Batman Begins you kind of it does yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it feels um, like but I mean to me but, watching it I felt like I didn't see how these could it, how it could right. meet up again you know okay. what I mean I mean, this film just ups everything that Batman mm. Begins did right, mm-hmm. I feel. I know that you weren't particularly charmed on these, the Nolan films before we watched these, but I think you had a bit of a change of heart. Slightly, yeah. Slightly on, yeah. on The Dark Knight anyway. Um, I remember you when we were watching it, you said... Yeah, I mean, I'd only seen it a couple of times before. I did feel it was, there's a great film in there, but it was compromised by some bad kind of structural decisions mm-hmm. and I still feel that's a point but mm-hmm. it definitely it, it kind of clicked with me this time even I mean definitely the first what two hours is kind of pretty much on the nose yeah. Um I was I mean normally when I'm watching these I take notes about things that I would criticise about the film sure. but I really didn't have anything to say mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty much I'm not going to say flawless but I didn't have any yeah. problems with it at all um, mm-hmm. but I still I think the last, don't know, half an hour, 40 mm-hmm. minutes does make mistakes. It could have been done a bit more elegantly, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I definitely admire what Nolan's trying to do and taking, like, 
real deep thematic and philosophical ideas and putting them into like an action blockbuster film mm-hmm. it just feels like it was just said maybe he was trying to be over ambitious too many think, balls in the air maybe um, it does feel like, I mean it's a film that feels like it has too many endings yeah which I mean I saw this twice at the cinema like, I mean I mean that doesn't seem like a lot to some people but I'm not a person that will go and see a film like five six times mm-hmm. I mean like I, the, the fact that I saw this in uh, regular Odin um, and then I saw it at IMAX mm-hmm. and I was just blown away both times the first time I watched it when it got to the, 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 the kind of I'm going to say climax, but the climax with the the truck, you know, and the big chase scene. Right, aye. And catch the Joker. Yeah. That feels like that. I mean, you, you kind of know that it's not the end, mm. but that feels like that's an ending. It could be, yeah. You know what I mean? That could totally be them caught him. And, when, and that, to me, is that's the best ending, pseudo ending of the film, because when he gets out again aye. from the GCPD, like, I mean, literally that shot of him in the, the cop car with his head out the... Yeah, the mm-hmm. window. I mean, it's, it it kind of call it beckons to the, the line he says later mm-hmm. on to Harvey Dent about him being a car, a, a dog chasing the cars. It literally looks yeah. like it's just pure anarchy. It's just mm-hmm. like at that point you just don't know what's going to come next. Yeah, and I, I think that's really mm-hmm. like I just I remember just feeling kind of edgy at right. that point because you just you I think he hadn't had he killed no because oh, Gordon had just come back hadn't he. Yeah, Gordon's just like, revealed that he wasn't dead. Right. But he's been made like uh, commissioner. And you just feel like that's it. Like all of our like main players are that's the last line now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the kind of mm-hmm. basically we've got like, Harvey, we've got Batman, and we've got uh, Gordon who wasn't commissioner but now is. Yeah. It feels like that's the last line of defence now against this guy. Okay. And anything can happen to anyone now. Yeah. And I mean, we kind of know probably what's going to happen to Harvey Dent. It's obviously like it's very much. You know he's in. You know two faces in this film, but you don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when like, like Gordon gets this phone call in the middle of the night that, that Harvey Dent's missing. Right, aye. Um, and it leads to like my favorite scene in any any Batman film. I think like is the the interrogation scene. Yeah. Um, mm. where well, first Gordon and the Joker, then Batman and the Joker. I mean mm. that that again feels like you know like what Joker's trying to do. He's trying to tip him over the edge and. You know, he talks about like breaking his one rule. That's the only way he's gonna stop mm-hmm. this. Yeah. But it just it's like when he, it's 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 good and f- kind of funny a wee bit. Um, when he's toying with him, you know, he smacks his head to the table and you know he's kind of laughing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that the moment he f- smacks him onto the table and brings a chair and jams it up against the door. Yeah. Then there's a shot there when you see you see the cops running out the the two-way mirror room mm-hmm. and it just it kind of pans back right. just just as Batman Batman's feet walk out of the the, the frame okay uh, after having put the chair at the door right I don't know that just that creeps me out every time mm. it just it's so, it's so kind of you just don't know what's going to happen next yeah um, uh, yeah I think that's definitely the the key scene in the, mm-hmm. the film that's that's probably the best scene in any Batman movie mm-hmm. I would say like and it's just the fact that the dialogue between the two characters it's the best explanation of what the characters are and mm-hmm. what they how they relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. as it's just it, it gave me when just goosebumps thinking about it. I just think it's just it's just a little epic. When I was watching, I just couldn't believe we were getting it so good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this is what you want to see. Mm. It's exactly what you want to see. Like, mm-hmm. of, a, of a Batman Joker. Yeah. 
uh, confrontation. Mm. Like, yeah, okay, like fighting. You don't really want to see Batman and Joker fight because that's not going to go down. Like, how, you know, it's not going to be an epic fight or anything like that because mm. Joker's not ne- typically very physical. Mm-hmm. The best Batman Joker uh, like confrontations, fight scenes are just them sitting at a table talking or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it does. It really does. I mean, and I mean. I said that like when when you see Heath Ledger when he goes into the Joker's into the the mob bosses, mm-hmm. I mean that's just that's like really an amazing scene as well. Yeah, but the Ledger, you know what I mean? Just the kind of commitment to that character. Yeah, you know, and it's just it carries that bringing that to Christian Bale's Batman and that scene. Yeah, in the interrogations just like, mm-hmm. and I mean there's some great scenes in the '89 Batman, but I think the fact just the Oh, this is just bigger in scale. Yeah. Everything's, the characters are much more developed. Yeah. Um, it's just more accomplished. It just feels more, more real. The characterization of the Joker, like I mean, from the the prologue, mm-hmm. um, well, to call it prologue, the, the bank heist at the beginning, which I think is executed amazingly, even more helped by the IMAX cameras. I mean, <clears throat> I can't say enough about the IMAX scenes in this film, mm-hmm. but. Like as I said to you at the time, it's like even just the fact that he's got that grenade, or like you think it's a grenade, it's a gas bomb, whatever, and it's like he's got the little bit of thread from the back yeah. of his jacket. I mean, that's just that's how they how they I don't how that can come across as so as working within this real world quotation marks, mm-hmm. but that's like directly lifted out of like the kind of earliest Joker stories right, almost. Okay. You know what I mean, it feels like a cartoon Joker. Mm-hmm. But it's like still, it just works and it's so kind of chilling, mm. you know. And even like the kind of the like the pencil, you know, make the pencil disappear yeah. when he's the mob bosses or when he dresses up as the nurse when mm-hmm. he goes to see Harvey Dent. Mm. It's just genius. I mean, that's like exactly Joker, you know, doesn't yeah. that's just exactly the character. Um, well, as I know him anyway, I, yeah. you know, what I mean, again, kind of basing it in the kind of modern comics and, and uh, the animated series to an extent. Yeah. Uh, I take it you would say this is better than Nicholson's. To me, it's kind of apples and oranges. Um, yeah. They're both amazing. Yeah, I mean, to me, Jack Nicholson Joker was Jack Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> as the Joker, you know what I mean? Right. Um, which works. Uh, it just works. I mean, it definitely does. This, it feels, this doesn't feel like any part of this character is Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. This feels like the Joker. Yeah. And that's it, you know what mm. I mean? Full stop. Whereas, like Jack Nicholson's Joker felt like Jack Nicholson doing the Joker, right? Which okay. it, it, that that's still a yeah. great fit, you know what I mean? It's mm. still like still a great fit. But to me, this none of none of the character of the Joker in this film feels like that is Heath Ledger mm. coming through. Yeah, because it was an interesting casting choice. Because I mean, I, remember, yeah. I was like in the yeah. top list of the people that was like, "Fuck off, man! This is gonna be <laughs> shite." I kind of believe yeah. this. I mean, there was like some. I mean. They called for Mark Hamill to be cast. I okay. mean, there was calls for somebody else to be cast and use Mark Hamill's voice. Right. I mean, Crispin Glover, you know, oh, um, which I mean, they they mock ups of him looking like the Joker. Right. Um, I mean, good choices. Yeah. Some of them, you know, I mean, some other great actors mentioned and they mentioned and they brought up Heath Ledger and I was like, eh. Yeah. I mean, and I was, I mean, I didn't hate the guy. I mean, I'd seen a few of his films and he was mm. likable enough, but mm-hmm. I thought, how's he gonna, how's he gonna pull this off? Yeah. And then when it came out that it was going to be makeup and not like dyed skin, okay. Which, again, I don't know how they would have they would have done that in this kind of real world setting. Mm. I was again a bit a little bit like, oh well, Batman Begins was alright. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but I mean, I couldn't have been more wrong. And yeah. I would, you know. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, Nicholson was obviously probably chosen because he'd done. Yeah. He mm-hmm. could do this. He'd proven he could do a psychotic character before. Uh, and, um, and I mean, that's it. Worst case scenario, you're going to get Jack Nicholson yeah. in white paint. Yeah. I mean, that mm. was essentially it, but he definitely brought it up to yeah. the Joker, definitely. Um, but I mean, you look at like something, like you look at Jack Nicholson's films. And in most of them, like maybe the later ones, like I've not seen a lot of his other things, but something like As Good As It Gets, hmm. is that him and Helen Hunt? Yeah. Like he's, he's a softer Jack Nicholson in yeah. those. But like the kind of Jack Nicholson character mm-hmm. was always kind of, you're paying for Jack Nicholson, you're getting Jack Nicholson. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas like Heath Ledger, like going from something like, first thing I saw him in was like 10 Things I Hate ah. About You, you know, A Knight's Tale, like, even like The Patriot, like he was okay. in, right? It's like none of that would have said, this guy's going to make a epic joker you know or even like could pull that performance off mm-hmm. um so i think that's like it's a far bigger feat mm-hmm. than the jack nixon joker if mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah to, to pull that off and get that to work yeah well i think ledger benefits from a uh more accomplished film about around them oh yeah Not yeah, to take yeah. Away from the no no but, no uh, no definitely uh, yeah. Aye. I, I get what you're saying uh, um but, um yeah but um did you, a lot of people mentioned at the time that they felt that Heath Ledger did overshadow Batman in this fit or like right. B- uh, Christian Bale. Mm. I mean, watching it back the other night, that I really didn't feel that. I still feel that Batman's at the centre of the film. Yeah. But it feels, it's the same, it's kind of like with um, like the anarchy, if you will. It's kind of, it feels like there's all this shit going on around about them. Mm. And like there's Gordon, Batman, and Harvey Dent to an extent, like running around trying to stop all this shit happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it feels like, mm-hmm. um, like chaos almost. Um, so I, I, I kind of get why you know what they mean. Like I mean, I mean the performance is it's it's bigger than the Batman. You yeah, know I mean it's like it's more out there. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think I think he holds it. He holds himself up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, the villains are always slightly more interesting yeah, than the uh, uh-huh. Batman. To nice them, but how do you feel about? Um, the Morgan Freeman character, like Lucius Fox in these films. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, um, uh, um, it's a, a nice addition that we was, didn't yeah. have. And I mean, Lucius Fox was there in the comics, but it mm-hmm. wasn't something we had had in the films before. Right, aye. Um, I guess that was a kind of necessity to the whole real world. Mm. How does he make these things? But I yeah. think that character works pretty well. I mean, it's, it's like kind of alluded to in Batman Begins that he kind of knows who he is. Okay. But I guess it's like in this one, you you, you know he mm. knows. Um, given that he basically hand him a new bat suit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we have the kind of, we had the kind of first ending as we were talking about and then we mm. have the kind of set piece with uh, the Joker and the, and the fairies. Right. That feels like the weakest ending to me. Hmm. It, I don't know, like, it's, I think what we, we were talking about at the time was he's trying to make the point of that he can cause people to come down to his level or, you know, do like insane or evil things. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, but he kind of accomplishes that with what he does with Harvey Dent. That's uh, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Um, I mean, obviously the Joker's putting forward the position that uh, there's no such thing as morality. It's mm-hmm. all so kind of fluid, sort of a utilitarian mm-hmm. theory. And Batman's obviously you know people are inherently good; they'll make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got that the Two Face character uh, who's both. It's just like it's too many. It hits the beats too many times. You've got the the boat it's to represent that. You've got the the whole confrontation between Batman and Joker, where they play that out. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and then you've got the two face again with the scene where he goes to kill Gordon. Um, I mean, I like the fact that like, although we have got like the two villains in this film, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like Batman gets to take out the Joker first before we kind of get the kind of proper two face yeah. scenes. Mm. So like in that way, it kind of works. To like, because we, we've got Harvey through the whole film, so we get an introduction to him. So it kind of does what I was saying with the, the animated series. We get him yeah. mm-hmm. introduced, and we get to see his downfall, Aye. which we didn't get in Batman Forever at all. It was just yeah. like he was here, by the way. So I like that, but as I said, just the 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 ferry scene for so many reasons is like, as I said, to you, like, there's a bit where the camera pans over the sh- shoulder of the Joker, and he's got like a notepad as he's yeah. reading off his directions to Aye. the people on the boat, and that just mm. doesn't feel like that feels like he's talking about having a plan. He doesn't have a plan, and maybe he's just bullshitting Harvey Dent. But like, it feels like he should he shouldn't be reading. I just felt that odd. I remember watching it when I saw the cinema and thinking that's odd. Yeah, that doesn't feel right to me. And it's a stupid bit to to have that feeling feeling. But yeah, it just feel, all the rest of the film when he's made, even when he's doing that video with that Batman person, there, it's mm. just so raw and like elemental and just like out. You know, it's Aye. just this is just coming from his head as it happens. But whereas that point feels like this is a plan. And I know he's, that's kind of what he's, he's obviously had it set up, but it feels too organised. Yeah, and before that, the the whole thing, uh, is it Kyle Reese? Yeah, uh, yeah, Coleman Reese, Mr. Yeah. Reese. He says, uh, I'll blow up a hospital unless someone kills Carmen Reese. Mm-hmm. So that's exploring the same idea that are, are the people that go with him. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's their moral compass? But then it goes and explains the same thing again with the boat. I mean, I guess it kind of feels like, well, it is him. He didn't succeed with the hospital because they don't shoot him. So yeah. He goes to the hospital. So he's trying again, maybe. And mm. it's kind of, like yeah. I said to you, it's like when you when you see um, Gordon after when he gets back to the GCPD, um, I think it's when he says he's going to blow up the, the hospital. It's like, I feel for that guy, you know what I mean? It's really like, holy shit, what else is, what's going to happen next? Yeah. I, I actually was wondering how is he managing to keep it together? Mm. You know, um, and it's, mm. it's kind of like that's what the Joker's doing. He's like pounding at them, yeah, with a similar concept. Obviously, we can see that as watching the film. But mm. It feels like he's trying to just ha- hammer them down. Mm-hmm. They've had this like attacks on the mayor, attacks on you know Harvey Dent. Like who's Batman? Try and shoot this guy, yeah, and then we're going to blow up one of your hospitals. You know what I mean? It mm. feels like he's trying. It's just terrorizing the city. Yeah, it's just a shame. It's this, the same kind of same point he's making every time and yeah, I guess I mean, I mean like with the whole I mean he kills off the police commissioner aye. kills a judge you know what I mean uh-huh. so he, I can see that, that that's maybe what he's trying to no one's trying to say he's like try to, he's basically chipping away at them yeah. it's the whole thing I said to you in the killing joke uh-huh. in the book it's like Joker says like everyone he reckons everyone's just one bad day away from insanity right aye um, and that's what he tries to do to Gordon in that film so right. it's kind of the same thing he's trying to do at the city in this mm. and he eventually manages to do it too Harvey Dent. Yeah. See, getting on to the, the sort of last section of the film, I would like to see at least with the three characters just come together. Mm-hmm. Rather than when you're cutting away to the boats, it seems like, yeah, I'm not interested in these characters. Mm-hmm. I have no relationship with these characters yet. Um, yeah, it's odd because it, it seems to, they, they try to string a lot of um, intensity and climax and build up from whether these people are going to press this button and Aye. you see them voting and you see people getting a hold of them yeah and it does feel like kind of I don't know if I care 
Hmm. Uh, oh, you care. I mean, it's obviously, and you get it, and you kind of is kind of. That's the battle. It's like you get the Batman and Joker's points being battled out here, yeah. literally. Mm-hmm. But um, it does kind of take away from the actual conflict, I guess. Mm. And enough scene I don't like. I mean, obviously you need the the confrontation between the two of them. Sure. But I don't like the way that's all set up. It feels totally unnecessary. Like the fight, yeah? The actual fight? No, not the fight, but just how he's got to use the whole sonar thing. Oh, right, yeah, um, sure. And yeah. take out all the, the hostages and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, I mean, I th- they could have done the confrontation a bit simpler. I sure. Uh, uh, yeah, that was a thing, right? Um, I mean, it feels like a video game at that point. Mm. You know what I mean? But the reason he was using the sonar uh, was to find the Joker. Right, mm. right? Which is fair enough. You can mm-hmm. see you, you can see how that would have been as an advantage when dealing with this guy, because mm-hmm. they just don't know where he is, yeah. right? And it's like, they know he's trying to blow these folk up, so he has to find them, mm-hmm. right? But once he's into the building, yeah. why has he never needed that stuff before? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he's managed to take out, like, folk before, so yeah. why does he need someone in his ear telling him, and he'll never have it again, because Aye. it blows up at the... It doesn't yeah. feel like Batman. Yeah. Um. I mean, another way... It feels like Batman, but it feels like a earlier rush. It feels okay. like kind of, you know, something they would have done in Batman right. forever, or something, you know what I mean? Um... I think this may be another thematic use for the sonar. I mean, Lucius Fox is saying how it's like completely unethical mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to use it. So maybe no one's trying to refer to like the whole sort of battle with terrorism mm-hmm. and the way like to uh, prevent terrorism, how individual human rights is sometimes um, uh, we sort of lose mm-hmm. some of our human rights in order to try and protect them in a way that, that kind of happened post 9-11. So he's kind of using, trying to say something about terrorism and how the Joker uses terrorist methods, but it feels like he's just like throwing another ball up and uh, which we didn't need. Mm-hmm. We've already done enough stuff going on th- in yeah. the thematic uh, landscape of the film. Definitely. Um, so maybe he was trying to, that's why it's in there. But uh, I guess so. And as yeah. I say, it, it doesn't really bother me up until that point. Like, I get why he's using it. I mean, it works when he's in Tokyo, try to get low. Right, aye. I get that, because it's to plan, you know, to right. plan his attack, mm. right? Um, because, I mean, he's extracting this guy effectively, you know what I mean? Mm. But when it's the Joker, it seems like you should only need it to find him, and then after that, well, he would have been there, you know what I mean, mm. in there himself. But, I don't know. It does seem odd, because he's never, as I say, equal threats probably would come up and he wouldn't need need it mm. and he's never going to have it as I say because mm. the machine gets destroyed at the end Aye. so it feels like a shortcut mm. like a cheat sheet for the yeah. film but I mean these are like literally for, for me anyway they're nitpicks okay. not like I'm one of this film's babies <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, what did you feel to the the Rachel Dodd character in this being taken over by Maggie Gyllenhaal? Yeah, much better. Much better, aye. Not necessarily the performance, just giving more to yeah. do, I guess. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, Far more fleshed out and yeah. felt, it felt there was a... Not even, for me personally, not even necessarily from Batman's point of view of losing her, mm. which obviously was a big thing for the character, but like it was more the Harvey Dent loss that mm-hmm. I felt. You know, when they were both tied up in those keg rooms. Yeah. Um, that's, you felt more for that relationship. Mm. Um. Well, personally, obviously, Batman was trying. To, he thought he was going to like save her, and like Joker pulled the switcheroo. But mm-hmm. we get kind of the same, similar um, relationship with Batman and Alfred. Yeah, still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, hitting that pretty well. I mean, to me, this is the the best Batman film. There's been that is there has been. 
I would say, like, in a filmmaking sense, no doubt it's the best. But sure. even though Batman 89 is a weaker film in the sense that it didn't, it wasn't planned in the same way as this, the, the script was a bit loose, there's no real story to it. It's just sure. a kind of bunch of kind of set pieces. But um, the good things about that, I still prefer, mm-hmm. if you get me, even though I can see how this is a, a better film. In a way. Um, yeah. Um, you think there's any part of that that's like a nostalgia thing? Do you think? Um, could be. Mm-hmm. I, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah. I, to- I, I totally get where you come from. I'm, uh, I can still, I can still see that film merit, and I, I, I think it's still, uh, like a completely valid version of Batman. Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the first one. I don't think that's really that dated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, and anyway, it was it was being project as a kind of almost period piece anyway you know mm. it was it was given a tone mm. of kind of an earlier time anyway yeah i'd just like to add one more point about this film okay and with respect to the upcoming uh dark knight rises i don't like the bat pod mm. i could be done without that yeah i know folks seem to fucking love it but i can't say i don't really like it that much <laughs> as a as a batmobile replacement i know it's, it's a necessity in this film in dark knight because it's the batmobile gets yeah gubbed aye and I get that but it seems like a bit of a yeah I always feel as well that the Batmobile any mm-hmm. other vehicles after that is a wee bit like um, it, it's getting to the point of where you've got like the 60 show Bat yes Jam <laughs> Bat Jam <laughs> for your Bat Toast <laughs> oh yeah yeah no, I aye um, um, I mean, I know they don't refer to it necessarily as the bat pod. Well, they, they do in the film actually. Right. The bat pod. Alfred asked him if he's going to take the bat pod. And right. he's like, no, and he's like the Lamborghini. Then uh. and he's like, aye, I'll do. <laughs> um, but it seemed to be using it a wee bit in the next film. Okay, so. is it a bat wing as well or something? And well, it's it's just the bat. Oh, okay, the bat. So okay. It's called. So, with respect to, and we'll see a, a soft, sweet good night to the dark night as we pass on. From that, leave right. that be. So we've stopped our t- conversation about the Dark Knight now. Yeah. Uh, put that to bed, as it were. <laughs> Looking forward to the Dark Knight Rises. Yes, I'm hoping for. I, I really want no one to like perfect it here. Mm-hmm. I think if you go like Prestige, uh, Dark Knight, Inception, mm-hmm. that's his best film. His most perfectly yes. realised uh-huh, film. Uh-huh, yeah. So you can see he's kind of he's, he's he's getting better. Definitely. Um. So. I just want him to, I mean, the only problems really I had with that night is the kind of structure of it and it could have been tidied up. So I just want him to get it crystal clear. And this one, I'm, I was always a fan of Bane. Yes. Um, going back to the Nightfall storyline. Um, Again, it, so. seemed, it, it does feel a wee bit when he announced that it was a bit out of left field, that mm-hmm. character, which is good. I mean, yeah. we've seen... Like, I mean, we've seen Catwoman as well, but I mean, mm. <clears throat> we've seen a lot of the like, Riddler and stuff, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not, I don't think we're needing another one yet. It's, it's good that they're kind of, and Bane is definitely a valid, as you say, like, he's quite cartoonish looking mm. back in the comics, but the basis of him being this kind of, like, intelligent, like, strategist who's going to come in to take him, to take Batman down, you know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of, it's, it's a good character, and I mm-hmm. think that the Nolan will. And Tom Hardy, like, um, portrayal will take it the yeah. right way. If you know what I mean. Aye. Um, um, 
<clears throat> I mean, I'm looking forward to this based just basically based on the Batman Begins in Dark Knight. Just uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's if it's as good as Dark Knight, then that'll be a bonus. If it's better, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like that's like I don't know if it can be better for me right. personally. Um, I know. I mean, looking going from Batman Begins to Dark Knight, there was a massive leap there in quality and you know, in filmmaking mm. and story and whatever. So logic would dictate it should be, mm-hmm. but we've never had a good hero superhero third film. Mm. Um, most third films don't really in general, yeah, hold up um, that well. So it'd be interesting to see. I mean, all the settings are pointing to good, much like they were with the Dark Knight. I mean, mm-hmm. I was psyched about that when it was coming up. So I feel the kind of same way about this. I'm hopefully not going to be disappointed. I don't think. I don't think we'll get disappointed. I mean. There's a chance it might not be as good as the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. right? There's, and I'd I'd still be happy enough with that because I think that was kind of pinnacle, yeah, for the superhero film. Um, any theories? For, like, any kind of anything you want to throw out for the Dark Knight Rises? You think might happen? That, you know, that hasn't been confirmed yet. Or? Um, well, hmm. what do you make of the cane thing? Bruce Wayne walking with the cane. I don't know, yeah. That see, could obviously be a, the injuries they sustained at the end of the Dark Knight. See, that's exactly what I was thinking when we were watching yeah, the other night there. Yeah. I'm thinking that could, because it, like, it the fall killed Harvey Dent. Mm. And I remember thinking, and still even when we watched it, it does feel like they're implying he's going to be injured after this fall. Mm. You know, the way that it's mm. staged, it's like a kind of... Yeah. Get shot it, as well, didn't he? Like, that's right, yeah, he gets shot as well. Um, and when he's running away, he's kind of like falling and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean that was my yeah. thoughts the other night. Not my initial thoughts, but my thoughts the other yeah. night. They were this, this, that could have come from that. Aye. Because um, I mean, obviously Nolan putting that in the trailer. Nolan knows that that's the what people are going to think. Is, yeah, are the, they doing the, the back breaking thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, my initial thoughts were that it was after a confrontation with Bane, but it seems like it wouldn't be. But I, I mean, I, I just don't know. Mm. I've had so many theories about this film. One of them was that it was going to. Before I mean, we saw the kind of later, th- later trailers with Bane coming in, taking over the city almost, that's mm-hmm. what it looks like, was that we were going to start starting the kind of present day Dark Knight era mm-hmm. and have Bane come in then, like closer to the end of the Dark Knight. Right. And take him out then. Okay. You know, and hurt him. And then we were going to go to eight years later, but I don't think that's going to happen right. now. Um, I don't know. I could, that that was what I was thinking the other night though, though. Yeah, it's weird that we're both thinking that because as soon as he fell, and he'd get shot as well. I think that that mm. could lead to those injuries mm-hmm. if we're going with the kind of real world mm. thing. And is he that yeah. fall did kill Harvey yeah. Dent? So that might replace the whole uh, the the point that uh, Batman gets into with the whole taking down Arkham Asylum or the escaped inmates. Yes, he's in a point of physical degradation. Sure. So they could replace that maybe with the Definitely. he's 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 injured. He's mm-hmm. not really can't really be a Batman anymore. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it does seem odd that he would just stop. Yeah, being Batman for mm. eight years. Mm. I mean, I can understand if he's now the villain. I mean, but I mean, he's been kind of chastised as a villain in in the comics before and mm. not stopped. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wouldn't thought it would have stopped him for. But I, I guess that the, the, I mean, there's a lot of kind of implication that what happened to Harvey Dent, get being killed by the Joker or Batman, whatever, however they make it out, that this lie that he didn't do it. Uh-huh. Kind of ch- um, galvanizes the city into this like 
like a peacetime period. Right, that, I mean, you know, like in a golden era. And the fact that it's based on lies, what brings it down again, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So maybe they didn't need the Batman. You know, maybe that's that's where it comes from. Mm. But, I mean, I've said, I've got this theory, I don't know, I've thought it, I've said to you it so many times, but um, Liam Neeson's meant to be in this film again. There's, there's, okay. there's reports of seeing him on set. There is at least confirmation of a young Razzle girl. Mm-hmm. Be in this film in a right. flashback, perhaps. I mean, I've now I've never really had this theory put out before about like Razzle going from Batman Begins. Uh, when we get uh, Ken Watanabe being Razzle Girl as as portrayed, it is often thought that Henry Ducard is a like a fake. It's like he's, he's hiding as Razzle Girl, and that, then he comes out. So he's hidden his his identity. Mm-hmm. Whereas I tend was my first thing was if they're doing this real life. Batman world then how how would Razal Ghul be immortal like he is in the comics right. and the only way I could see that happening is if the title gets passed on from one leader of the League of Shadows to the next yeah. and if Ken Wantanabe was so then I would say Ken Wantanabe was Razal Ghul uh-huh. the demon's head right. as as the, the is meant to be um, so when he got killed Henry Descartes became Razal Ghul right aye to me, that that's what that's what it is. That's mm. the immortality. I mean, there's been speculation. Apparently, there's been pits seen and uh, behind the scenes oh, uh, right. pictures with green screen, like carp, you know, like okay. carp over it, as if they're meant to be like Lazarus pits. Right. Mm. But to me, that I don't think Nolan would go that way at all. Yeah, probably not. So to me, it's like this is a. Uh, that that's how we would make him immortal. Right. Yeah. That's the only way I can see it happening. Um, in this world, if, if they're going to bring Razzle go back, and it's not Liam Neeson. Yeah. Have we not got Talia? I'll go. Supposedly, suppose, yeah. again, but that, I mean, she might be, she might be the new Razal Ghul. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, you know I mean, she might be the yeah, new yeah. leader of League of Shadows. Yeah. So I don't know. That's always been my theory. As I say, I've never really heard it brought up anywhere else. But that's always kind of, the, as soon as that happened in the film, everyone seemed to kind of just take it for granted that he was just hiding his identity. Right. Because he looked more like the kind of traditional comic book, comic book um, Razal Ghul. But uh-huh. to me, it was more. No, that guy was him. Right, okay. Was Razzle Ghul, but he, he died. Yeah. And this is him now. But anyway, that's just my no? humble theory. Don't know whether it'll be played on in this film or not, but that's... Unless it's addressed, that's also what I'm going to think. Right. <laughs> so it comes out on the 20th yes. of July, I think, worldwide. Is it right? I think so. I think it's a worldwide release. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. On, do an IMAX experience full on yes. this time. Uh, over an hour worth of IMAX footage in this film. I think it's the most in any film. Right, mm-hmm. Ever so, I think it's in good hands. Don't think I'm going to be. I don't think I'm going to be disappointed, and I hope you're going to get the kind of finality and yeah. uh, culmination. Yeah, I, I, I so want to come out and say it was yes. So I want to like it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, well, thanks for joining us in this kind of short trip down mm-hmm. through the the Batman films. Um, I think we'd have liked to cover the 66 movie but mm. we've, we've mentioned it back and forth I think yeah. it's, it's got its own merits as well um, if you're listening to this I'm sure you like Batman I hope we've not d- uh, done him a disservice uh, or you just like us uh, well, yeah <laughs> obviously that's what it'll be Gary um, yeah anything else to add Gary um, I think I'm done yep yeah, I'm good um, as well Thanks for listening. Yeah. See you next time. Keep listening yeah. to the regular podcast. Mm-hmm. Hopefully do some more specials in the future. You could These do. These are the first of many. Hopefully. Or first of a few. <laughs> <laughs>
Bye, guys.